When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Day and welcome to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis. Morning to Groundhog Day. This is your host, Maureen Kettis. I feel like I just did this a second ago. Travis, my engineer, is, I think he needs a holiday. We're live on Voice America Radio Network's business channel. We're sponsored by Cision. Visit them at www.cision.com. That's C-I-S-I-O-N.com. Thank you for tuning in. I got tons of emailed questions today for my amazing guests. Um, if you have a question during the show, you can email me at Maureen, M-A-U-R-E-E-N, at prinsider.biz. And don't forget, you can always get archived episodes 24-7 on demand on my host page. Um, so we have a great show today. I'm calling it Paparazzi Paradise, the king and queen of the celebrity scene, Dish It Out. My guest today, I'm very excited, is Mr. Frank Bauer. He's uh, founder of so Bauer. I'll stop you there. Frank, Frank Griffin, my partner, is Randy Bauer. Oh, my God. So, so it's this, is, this is what happens when you don't get a chance to talk before the show. I am so sorry. Frank Griffin, uh, that's embarrassing, of uh, Bauer Griffin, and that's www.bauergriffin.com. I'll spell it B-A-U-E-R. G-R-I-F-F-I-N.com, the world's leading paparazzi agency. Um, he's been called the king of the Hollywood Hunt Club, and he's going to explain how his business works, how his camera people get the shots that matter, how they sell them, how they deal with controversy and interact with A-list stars and the publicists behind the scenes. And a colleague and a close personal friend of mine, Miss Frankie Lee, who's a private exclusive personal manager in the entertainment industry, whose name is bandied about on the blackberries of the rich and famous. She sort of works under the radar, as she calls it. And she re- represents um, uh, bands, musicians, actors on the red carpet in the limelight and knows how to get her clients top billing. Um, both of you, welcome to the show, Frankie and Frank. Hi there. Welcome. Good morning. So, good morning. So, um, first of all, I wanted to ask you, Frank, uh, how did you get started in the business? Because I think you have a really great story about that. I started in the business many years ago. Uh, I was actually in Germany, and the cocktail waitress I was dating gave me her boyfriend's cameras. He was in jail. <laughs> and I used the cameras to try and get into uh, motorcycling and um, rock concerts. Motorcycling uh, races and, and rock concerts, and that's genuinely how I started. Oh, my goodness. So you started? That was in the 70s. And you were photographing whom? Rock stars. I rock did 15 stars. years of rock and roll culminating. I suppose the highlight of my career was working for two years for Prince as his personal photographer in 1987 and 88. Oh, my gosh. So you must have seen a lot of stuff. Anything you can tell us that's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I did, see, I did see a lot of stuff, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, I saw kind of bits of the private life, and I think mo- most amazing was who was, the, who was straight and who was weird. It was always a, it came as a bit of a shock to me. And if it's any consolation, Prince is one of the nicest guys and a uh, very straight and an incredible musician. Yeah, I mean, he has to be hardworking and, and sort of, you know... Very hardworking. He was yeah. constantly uh, music. To get that much done. And so then how did, you make, how did you make the transition from being sort of a private photographer into uh, 
doing, you know, this line of work that you're in now? Well, sadly, in, in the UK, there was a recession at the end of the 80s. I had big mortgages. Uh, I lost my money. I was never very good at control, controlling my money, but, but under those circumstances, I think everybody went kind of out of business. I came, I spent uh, New Year's Eve 1989 knocking the Berlin Wall down. I think a few people saw that on TV. Uh-huh. And then I came to the United States that at the end of 1989, and in the first week in January, somebody drove through a red light and broke my neck on a motorcycle accident. I kind of had to stay here. I was lying on my back for a, oh, nearly a year. Wow. But I stayed here and used my... Uh, I didn't have any connections. All I had was my ability as a photographer and um, did as many odd jobs as I could, including um, painting flowerpot stands and uh, working on carburetors for motorcycles. Wow. No, but so how did you how did you become the top uh, paparazzi agent in town? I mean, where did you you know what was your first shot that you got personally that that the very first picture that that got me. Um, well, the very first picture was Richard Mulligan's wedding. Um, I was riding a motorcycle and managed to swerve in front of the car and got a picture of him and his wife in the back of the car. That went to the National Enquirer. But I suppose the, the big picture was Richard and Cindy Crawford soon after they got married. They they coincidentally bought a house in the Malibu Colony, which was only three away from, two houses away from the then manager of Prince, who was one of the, the very few connections I had. Uh, in uh, Los Angeles. Wow. And I, would, I went to visit him, and he told me that they'd bought the house two doors away, and I managed to get the very first exclusive pictures of So were you out, you were out hunting? You were out like... No, 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 I had no idea that, that I, I, uh, the only thing that I always had, there was, I, I was always aware that if the subject matter was saleable, if the image on the picture was saleable, then it didn't always have to be a work of art. So you always had your camera with you. You were sort of always ready, and you just got it. Always you got, have a camera. You got lucky with um, the Richard Gere, Cindy Crawford thing? In a way, yes. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and, Frankie, how did you get started? Well, I got started, which Frank can relate to, being English, working for Brian Epstein, who was the Beatles' manager at the time. And his company was called NEMS Enterprises. And then I went on to work for Simon D., who was the first talk show host on a similar level to Ryan Seacrest today. He started off in pirate radio for Radio Caroline and then went on to have the first talk radio show um, and then went on to have the first TV talk show. Uh, and he was really the pioneer of talk show hosts. And from then on... Um, I worked for many rock bands, including a band called Yes and a band called Donovan, a singer called Donovan, and came to America and carried on. Now, how, now, how did the how does it how did it work back then as opposed to now? With I mean, back then you weren't called paparazzi; you were called photographers, right? So, how did it work back then as opposed to now? In other words, Frankie, back then when you were managing these musicians. And the the um, press one. We didn't photos. have paparazzi. It did not exist, as Frank will let you know. It's a new thing that's happened, and photographers were summoned and uh, called to the studio to take pictures. I worked with a very famous photographer called Deso Hoffman, which I'm sure Frank will know. 
Do you remember Desel Hoffman? I remember, Hoffman? I remember Simon D. Blonde and good-looking, wasn't he? <laughs> Simon D. was blonde and very good-looking and sort of, yes. And he was the it person Dangerous of the day. And Desel Hoffman was the Beatles photographer uh-huh. and very famous. And uh, we used to call him up and pay him to take shots backstage of all the artists that we had coming on. And there weren't photographers hiding in the trees or outside anyone's house. People could walk around quite easily. And the whole thing has changed over the last So that's a good, years, that's a good actually. segue, actually, Frankie, because um, when do you think, Frank, when do you think it's sort of changed from being photographers to being this mass mob? Because I know like, my office is up near the Glen Center on Beverly Glen in Mulholland. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a big celebrity. So you've seen a few peps up there working. In- there, it's constant. I mean, I go to my, to my local Starbucks and um, I have to... I know that Starbucks very well. Yes, I used to have that. Yeah, I mean, everybody's up there, right? So you see every star every day. But, like, you know, if the, the paparazzi, the pops, as you call them, are out there, you almost run... I mean, a couple of times we almost ran over... You know, I almost ran over a couple of them. They're just those. Are, those are really the days Brittany would go up there to the head to have a head on, right? Yeah, I mean, she gets her hair done, or the, or or uh, Paris got her little puppy, you know, up at that shop at the, the pet puppy. store up there. But um, you know, when did it? When did you? When do you feel? Was there a marker, or was it a slow, gradual thing where it went from photographers to mass mob? I mean, there was a guy up there wearing a red pink pink wig, a bright pink wig, just to get the attention of the celebrity. When do you think it made that sort of transformation? Well, you've asked me a lot of questions there, and I, I relate to, uh, I don't know when the term, uh, when we became, uh, when we turned from photographers to paparazzi. It was, it was actually uh, the director, Frederica Fellini, who coined the phrase back in the 50s, referring to paparazzi as annoying, buzzing insects. So the, the term itself is, is, uh, more than, is half a century old. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people have used it as a kind of derogatory term. They've always been they've always been photographers. I mean, we can you can call. I remember. Say, did you see the other day the poor guy in the white Bentley that was being followed uh, that that, uh, that the car chase and he finally killed himself? No. People thought he must be famous in the valley in Lancashire and uh, Kawenga, and, and some people thought he could have been Chris Brown. Oh my gosh! And others identified him as a, a possibly um, as possibly a DJ. And uh, he did. He actually shot himself. Took his own life in the car. He'd had a he'd had a falling out with his partner. And the, they, I, I remember that the, the pilot was saying, "Yes, and the paparazzi have just arrived, and they're running all over the place trying to get a picture." And I'm just thinking, well, what makes you any different to the paparazzi? Mm. That helicopter pilot hovering over that poor guy in obvious mental distress, who was going to shoot himself, and he said, "Well, I better pull back because you don't want to right. see it in case he does something." Crazy. And going back to Britney Spears, we mentioned her briefly, the, the picture of her being wheeled away in the gurney. Remember that? Yeah. A year right. ago. Did the paparazzi take that shot, or was it uh, Channel 9 News? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't know. So what? So, so uh, there is, there's, there's people sneer at the paparazzi and, and use the term in an almost derogatory sense, mm-hmm. when the reality of it is that, that, that I saw Bernard Madoff being surrounded by photographers. Did you see the one where the guy pushed him in the, pushed him back, pushed him in the chest so they could get a shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't they're, they're hard news gatherers. So, so does paparazzi is it a term for someone that's that's worse behaved? Or, in my opinion, paparazzi are kind of uh, classified as the ones that go after celebrities or photograph celebrities rather than uh, the and, hard and news the, gatherers. But right. the behavior is, is, is more restricted 
more controlled than uh, than the hard news gatherers who think they have uh, a God-given right to trample on property and to, to be. A so, how do you feel on a personal level? I know you have a 12-year-old son, mm-hmm. and how do you feel on a personal level? Like when you go to a party, for example, and someone says, "Oh, what do you do?" or he goes and you know, someone says, "What does your dad do?" How do you feel? You know, you had a great quote on your website. Um, we don't have to worry about who we piss off. Everyone's already pissed at us. I mean, how do you deal with sort of that negative, controversial sort of I've never thing? really had a negative response. Most people of particular interest, you have to realize that the, that the work I do is driven by demand, mm-hmm. and that that demand comes from 90, 99% of the public. They want to know why... Courtney Cox or Jennifer Aniston or, or um, I'm trying to think of a big star, let's see, right now, well, and why Brad Pitt, why they make 200, 300 million a year and, and uh, I don't. Right. They, don't, they, 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 they want the accessibility, but the reality of it is when they get the accessibility, when they get to face-to-face with them, they, they usually, there's a voice, so they, by reading the newspaper, by reading the magazine, right. they have that release. Listen, I mean, I can attest to that because from the amount of questions I got from my listeners this, for this show, it's more than any that I got before. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in sort of how the business um, the business of it all works behind the scenes. For example, um, you know, how, how, does, how does a sale work for, you know, let's say you have a photographer out there and he gets a shot of um, an A-list star. How does it, what's the process? He comes to you or she comes the, the, to you. The mechanical process is that the photographer goes out. Now everything's uh, electronic and digital, so there's no film anymore. Uh-huh. And the, the, the images are stored on a disk. Okay. They're generally not just one picture. They're called sets, sets of pictures. Mm-hmm. They go or transmit electronically to um, an office, administrative office, which we have. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we have a team of photo editors who work with these big computer screens in front of them, the chips downloaded. Uh-huh. Say, for example, you have uh, 300 images. Uh-huh. They look at them all, choose maybe the best uh, 10, 20, 25, caption them, um, which means they, they put the, name, they, the basic facts, where, when, and how, uh, the name of the photographer. So electronic, it's, it's as though you're writing electronically on the back of each image. Right. The, uh, the images are then transmitted worldwide. My target is from taking the picture to be, having worldwide distribution, distribution about one hour. Amazing. And but then you wait to simple see. electronics. And you're sending it out to, to all the publications? We send it to uh, a lot of publications and a lot of sub-agents around the world. It takes about an hour to do that. And then they call you or email you and say, I want to buy this one, this one, and this one? No, they, they, the sub-agents handle certain territories. The, um, the magazines will deal directly and say, yes, I want to buy this. Just to give an idea of a publication like... Um, People will get about uh, twenty-five to thirty thousand images a day to look at. Wow! Uh, during the event season, they'll get thirty-five to forty thousand images. So, what's the highest right now? What's the high, highest paying image? Like, who who who's on the list of like A plus? Is it? I mean, Frankie, you were mentioning Rihanna right now would probably. Yeah, I think that's the money shot. Uh, if somebody got a picture of her looking the way she does which is very, very sad because um, I heard she's really bashed up a lot, but I would think that would be the money shot. Frank, do you, do you agree on that? Well, I think, yes, the, the Rihanna story, everybody wants to have a picture of it, but, but unless she gets an exclusive one. If you were to have an exclusive picture or have shot an exclusive picture on the night it happened and got the damage to her face, you would have, you would have had a market. Having said that, 
the market is much bigger for happy stories. So if Rihanna had a new boyfriend and was seen with a new boyfriend, it would probably make more. This is an exception because it's kind of worldwide. It will make her, they say she's disappeared to Barbados and the, the at least 20 or 30 photographers there. I doubt if there'll be an exclusive picture come out and it won't make, it'll make space rate a little bit better. Wow, wow. If, if, if more than one photographer gets it, if, if a lot of photographers get it, then. Do, do celebrities have, um, one of my uh, listeners asked me this question uh, this morning, they wrote it in. Are, are there like a favorite, like in other words, does Brittany have a, a, a person who's a paparazzi or, you know, a photographer, let's call them a photographer. Um, does she have a favorite that she allows to shoot her? I mean, I, 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 when I was watching the whole Britney thing unfold, I was thinking maybe the whole thing was orchestrated because there's nothing better for someone's career than to come from the down in the gutter and then you lose the weight, you get your kids back, you feel great, you know, and your career comes back. People love, you know, when you're down and then when you come back up. Yeah, they'd rather see a recovery than a, than a prep. Right, so I thought maybe the whole thing was fake and orchestrated. I'm not sure, but does she have a favorite or do any I don't think that's case that the, that the uh, down part of the career was uh, was orchestrated. I think that you she... think it was? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, uh-huh. I think I think that a lot of what she did was uh, was um, her own state of mind and situation and her environment and those surrounding her probably pushed her into that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, everything from the fame to having the kids quite young and uh, I think everything everything led to led to one place and that was a kind of almost mental breakdown. And I think now she's being managed and surrounded by people that are probably a little bit more sensible and trying to push her in a direction that, that will lead to... Uh, it, I think she has talent to, to lead to um, uh, capitalizing on that talent if she doesn't go off the rails if she has some protection or cover. And I think, yes, part of that will probably be to try and manufacture or arrange for images to be sent out or, or promoted that, that, mm-hmm. that show her in a much better light. So does she have a favorite? Does she, does she work with a certain photographer that she allows? I think she has someone with her who's a friend of hers who takes pictures. I think I don't, I don't think there's... Uh, that she may have one or two uh, guys. There's, uh, there's a guy called um, Ginsberg who, who has worked on her for a long time and took those pictures of her when she sat on the curbside with her mom and the kids, which are very nice and everyone was happy to see it. They were kind of the first pictures of her looking um, normal, if you'll excuse the expression, yeah. uh, for a long time. And that they did very, very well. Right. Um, and do any other celebrities that you think of have, like, relationships, good relationships? Because we're always hearing about the negative and, the, you know, Johnny Depp getting pissed off and pushing and shoving a photographer. Did you really? <laughs> but there, but do you, are there good stories? Are there stories where they get along? Well, gen- generally, yes. I mean, the, everyone reads, everyone likes to see the stories where they don't get along. There was there was a point in in Los Angeles, which is kind of going back to uh-huh. where it was, where there were just far too many guys, there were far too many people, and it was driven by the kind of thing that uh, by by Britney's antics, where you'd have twenty or thirty guys on a twenty four seven. And then once in a while she'd shave her head or she'd do something crazy or, 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 and, and that would make quite a lot of money. Or drive down the street with a kid on her knee. Or beat up a guy with an umbrella at a guy. Oh, well, she beat up the guy's car with, a, with an umbrella. God, we're um, turning so they, into they, they kind of, they, they, do get, they do get published. But there's always, um, we shot, I don't know, if, I'm hoping you saw the picture of, the picture of uh, Barack Obama in, on, in Hawaii. Shirtless. Oh yeah. Oh baby. 
but that, that was just because our guy whose mum happens to live in Hawaii went home for the holidays and took a camera and walked along the beach. And there he was. And there he was, and the Secret Service says you can, if you stay behind that line, you're fine if you cross the line. You don't, the, the, the rest of the press go and I spoke to a lot of them, were, were extremely pissed, if you like, excuse the language, uh, because they didn't get the picture. But it was a simple case of our guy walked along the beach and said, is it okay if I take a shot? And was one of your guys? Yes. So how much did that picture go for? Can I find out? The, the, a picture never has a price. It's not It's not like a pound of oranges. You okay, know. so how does it work then? Um, you negotiate. For, it depends. The reality of it was that time of the year, there weren't many publications. They'd all gone to bed. They were all, uh, all done double issues for the holidays. Uh-huh. So we didn't have the market, and added to which everyone had spent the budget for for 08 and the ah. 09 budget. So it didn't make it, 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 it. He'll be quite comfortable this year. But he didn't make us rich. Ah, okay. Just hang on to one. All right. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, that's my that's my cleaner. She's uh, just leaving. Okay. Um, well, I want to. A lot of my yeah. listeners are um, publicists. So, how do, do you work with publicists? How does it work? And you know, Frankie also acts as sort of a, a publicist, even though she doesn't. She calls herself a personal manager, but in essence, she makes sure when when clients are on the red carpet or whatever that they get the shot or that they get. You know, if she's got a client who's maybe not a star, but there's a celebrity at a function, she makes sure the shot of the celebrity gets picked up so that the function gets um, a hit in the in the media. So, do you work with uh, celebrities? Yes, we do. We do have. A, we I mean, do, uh, with have a, we do have a branch that does the official stuff, the celebrity, the, uh, the um, parties and the premieres and the um, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. We do have uh, photographers that cover that. In fact, one of our best photographers, our best earning photographers, Axel. Does does work here locally in LA and and uh, shoots the Cannes Film Festival. She's going to Cannes shortly. She's going to do the Oscars, and that's very well set up. And she's acknowledged to be one of the best uh, photographers in her field. And we do work there uh, uh, officially and uh, granted access um, to to cover those events. And I think every single agency that does that, everybody from Getty images to AP to, uh, to anyone else will also shoot shoot pepper as well as the official pictures. They'll shoot right. what we call the pat pictures, the ones that are uh, candid. And Frankie, um, you know, I can think of an example that of Frankie and I did a, a, an event um, together um, for a book, and uh, the, the the author of the book was not uh, famous. It's uh, Laura Meyer from uh, Remodel This, and um, but she was friendly with um, Halle Berry and uh, someone from the cast of Desperate Housewives, and they were at this function. And Frankie, can you just tell our listeners how you kind of... Yes, I approached Halle Berry, who was very sweet and very cooperative, and um, I found out from talking to her that she'd actually met her boyfriend at the very same studio that we were at doing a launch party, and I asked if she would mind if I could set up a shot right then and there. And it took me about 20 minutes, and I got the photographer, and I set up the shot. And uh, lo and behold, that shot was seen all through the world. And I think we knew it was Getty Images that was there. Yes, and it was Getty Images. And I, sh- and I set up the shot for Getty Images. So sometimes it is the photographer and sometimes it is somebody like me who gets the story. And it was a great story because she'd met him at that studio. And uh, I think it was before she had the baby. It was before she had the baby and before they got married. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they are married, actually. But it takes, you know, it takes 
I hate to, like, I can, we're not regulated by the FCC, but it takes big balls, to, you know, because I, I'm a different kind of publicist, you know, and, and, and Frankie's not afraid to just go up and go and just grab. And I've also seen you on the red carpet with, you know, um, you know, sort of B-list celebrities, and, and there's lots of paparazzi for some big event, and they're there to shoot the A-list people, but you somehow got your clients up in the front and got them noticed, and I've seen them get placed, so that's... You know, that's another amazing thing. Yeah. Um, well, I have to tell you one very exciting red carpet moment that I had, and there's nothing like the finale of American Idol where Fantasia won that year. It was held at the Kodak Theater, and I had asked Sharon Osborne to come along with me because I'd introduced her to Simon Cowell a few months before, and it was before she even had the X Factor. And um, I asked her to go on the red carpet with me, and I literally took her hand and walked her through the whole red carpet. And there must have been 500 photographers there. It was so exciting. So that's the other side of the coin, where you want those photographers to, like, be in your face. Right, so they and can be, they're, they're, the relationship between the publicist and the, and the paparazzi can be uh, one of cooperation. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have our guest, Frank Griffin and uh, Frankie Lee, and we'll be right back uh, after this word from our sponsor. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Decisions Communication Intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, 
Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis, and we're sponsored by Cision. I'm on the air with um, two fabulous guests, both Brits. I feel like I need to get an accent. Uh, Frank Griffin, of uh, founder of Bauer Griffin, the number one paparazzi agency in the world, and Frankie Lee, a personal exclusive manager uh, in, in Hollywood. Welcome back, the two of you, Frank and Frankie. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Thank you for having us. All my future guests will have the same name and, uh, and have accents, the same accent. Um, so we were talking uh, right during break. You were about to tell me a great story, and I said, "Save it for the show about the truth of Rihanna. What's really going on, Frank?" The, 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 well, it's, whether it's the truth or not, but as, I, as I've heard it, by the way, with, this is English. You have the accent. We don't have an Oh, okay. I have the accent. You guys are the majority. Yes. This is this is this, <laughs> this is it should be spoken. I, I believe, and I'm told that this this doesn't necessarily lead to a picture, so I don't make money out of it. But I, I think that Rihanna is quite in love with Chris Brown. And he got a text from some cute model that was fairly explicit. And she saw this, discovered these texts, or saw the texts, and that's what led to the, to the fight. Mm-hmm. I think she has, a, she has a massive crush on him. He's only 19, and he wants to fool around, especially when, when he's getting texts from gorgeous models. That... I mean, it's hard, you know? What is what, I, know, to be 19, to be a superstar, yeah, having a girl coming on to you, and your, you know, your hormones are, I mean, you know, he's a, oh, it's hard. That's very difficult. Um, so it's, no, it's never an excuse for violence. Though. No, no. Oh, no, that part, no, 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 no. But I mean, you know, um, you know, just the, 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 the cheating thing is, must be hard for them. You know, yes. women are throwing them. So I, you know, I used to have, I used to be friends with Mark McGuire, the baseball player, and I used uh-huh. to see the women just throwing themselves. At, you know, Absolutely. very hard for these guys. Um, so I want to ask you a question about the kind of the future of what's happening within your business. Um, uh, one of my listeners wrote in, how how do you compete with sites like TMZ that run ads for video camera people with the promise to pay five hundred bucks a minute for good usable footage? That was a question. Well, they don't pay 500 bucks a month. TMZ is one of our biggest U.S. clients. They're um, one of your biggest clients. They don't clients. pay 500 bucks a minute. They might pay 500 bucks a minute if it's on any Cole Smith's body being wheeled down. It's exclusive or, or first exclusive pictures of uh, Brad and Angelina, but that, that it's, a, it's an absolute fallacy. There are guys out there now selling sets of pictures for $25 just to pay the, pay the gas money. It's, it's pretty tough. I think everyone uh, is, is suffering under the 
conditions of the recession, which is worldwide, not just in the USA. Uh-huh. Uh, and a lot of people are expecting the, the current President Obama to... You know, your voice is kind of going out. I think you put your I'm sorry. You know what? It's, uh, I have a way of holding it. Shall I say all that again? Yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing. I put the, the I, I, I finger to my properly. chin. Yes, I am being very sloppy here. Yeah. <laughs> talk. There's a recession going on, and, and right. it's affecting our business just the same as it's affecting... Uh, the, the car workers and, and everyone else. I don't think TMZ are offering $500 a minute for those uh, for those uh, uh, videos. Otherwise, they'd have a thousand guys out every night taking pictures. Right. It's just like the gold rush. If somebody discovers a, a nugget of gold, there's going to be a thousand people on the next boat out there. Right. That's what happened here in the in the uh, uh, California gold rush. That's how it works. It's a, it's a basic supply and demand. If if one guy is making ten thousand dollars a week taking pictures, then very soon there's going to be ten thousand guys making a dollar a week. Right. And then it's, uh, along the line that gets leveled out to to being a hundred guys making a hundred dollars a week. So with sites like TMZ and Paris Hilton, they buy from you, is what you're saying. They're not your competition. I can't talk about Paris Hilton because oh. we've just been this been a lawsuit. Oh, okay. There's always a lawsuit, isn't there? Ended soon. <laughs> Uh, if you're not in a lawsuit, you're not successful in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, the only the only people who are successful in lawsuits are the lawyers. I know. Um, they're the only ones that make the money. Uh, the sorry, what was the question again? Of so, lawsuits. so your relationship with with a site like TMZ, for example, is not they're not competition. They buy from you sometimes. Is that correct? TMZ are very good friends with us. Oh, okay. They, they buy from us. We we shoot video and stills, and and we. Um, we have an excellent working relationship with them, and they pay for what they use. They don't pay; they don't make us rich, but they're, they're, they're one of our clients. They use our they use our video and our, and our images constantly. Uh huh. So, but they um, don't pay five hundred dollars a minute. So, in, so are you um, planning anything for the future with, for example, like video or um, consumer ready? Um, Yes, we have our own. We have our own blog, BauerGriffinOnline.com, which is very successful. That's BauerGriffinOnline.com, and it's B-A-U-E-R. BauerGriffin, B-A-U-E-R-G-R-I-F-F-I-N, online.com. Okay. Our own blog. Anyone can access it and see what's going on. We're posting six to twelve postings a day. We've got a very good reputation. We're one of the fastest growing blogs in the business. Huffington Post used our picture of uh, Obama over the holidays. And we got a million hits a day, and it fried our server. Um, wow! So, but we are yes, we are preparing for electronic age. Where uh-huh. uh, if you look at our blog, you'll see that the, that some of the images have uh, ads imprinted, mm-hmm. and that's paying stuff. Right. So that was my next question: How are you making money from that? So you've got the. Well, we're not making money, but we're, 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 we're trying to get a mechanism going that when the whole thing takes off, it mm-hmm. will make money. Mm-hmm. It has taken off. People just don't know how to price it. And there isn't the money around. I mean, General Motors, as well as not buying three pages in people, they're not spending on spot ads or banner ads or, or commercials on electronic media. The, the problem with electronic media, blogs I'm talking about, uh-huh. is that people don't yet quite know how to put a value on it. Yeah, it's, it's you know, we've had a lot of social media guys on the show here um, and women um, talking about, you know, how to make money. And some of them got it, some of it don't. It's, it's all sort of new. Okay. I just got a... a, a Email question from um, a listener. It said, "What about uh, Joaquin Phoenix on Letterman?" I don't know what he's talking about. Or she said that was bizarre. What was it? I missed it. It was very bizarre. Do you know about it, Frank? No, I didn't see. I, I do know a little bit about his history, but I didn't see him on Letterman. Okay, well, Joaquin Phoenix is a 
is a good-looking guy, and he just made a movie, I think, with Gwyneth Paltrow. He arrives on Jay Leno, oh, no, on David Letterman, with matted hair and a beard looking like a homeless bum and, and refuses any questions that David Letterman throws at him. Why he was there, I have no idea. What he was trying to prove, I'd wish his publicists would just say, this is what he's trying to go for. I think he wants to go away from acting and become a rapper. Well, no one's heard him really well, rap. He, yeah, he's doing something with music. Didn't we see him up at the Sunset Marquee one day for lunch with a client? I thought we did. Um, yeah, but, but the yeah, thing is, why do you take up space on television when you have nothing to say? I mean, there's plenty of people out there that have something to say that give them the time of day. Well, you know, I'm sure his publicist you know, when you, is having... When you send your clients out there, I mean, sometimes you, you prime them, you, you, you tell them what to say, what to do, and then they just do their own thing. And, you know, that's their prerogative. No, but if you saw the way he looked, he literally looked like a homeless bum. I'm looking at a picture of him I now. think you could probably YouTube him. it, but, you know, um, the, the bottom line is people are talking about him. So it's kind of, in a way, there's no such thing as bad PR. So I'm going to change the topic for a second. I want to talk about probably one of the most, you know, impo- uh, famous or infamous um, uh, paparazzi incidents. Of course, that was the Princess Diana death. Do you think... Frank, this is for you. Do you think that the paparazzi are to blame? And, Frankie, I want to get your take on it, too. Well, and I could probably talk for the next three hours on the death of Princess Diana because I remember it very well, and I did about ten hours of um, talk radio after her death. Diana, that week, was aware that Camilla Parker Bowles, the current wife of Prince Charles, was going to go to an event with Charles. Not with him, but they were going to be in the same room together. And that would have been photographed. She was aware of that and wanted to steal her thunder. She made herself available to the press and photographers. Uh-huh. And she did have someone. There was a voice that no one could quite identify that would say, Diana's going to be here, Diana's going to be there. Um, the, the photographers or the paparazzi in Paris, they ride motorbikes because there's nowhere to park. It's not that They knew that she was at the Ritz, mm-hmm. and they knew that she was going to go back to Dodie's house. There wasn't any question that, uh, there was a, a chase mm-hmm. or a follow. And quite honestly, if I'm driving a Mercedes drunk and full of cocaine and ecstasy at 100 miles an hour in the periphery, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. There was no photograph that they were trying to escape from. Dodie Fired, I think, did fuel that a little bit because he quite enjoyed the chase and, and, and had the... Right, and he was dating the most photo- photographed woman in the world. Well, they say yesterday that he was dating her. But I, I, I feel that she went to the Ritz she allowed herself to be photographed on the prow of the Johnnick were wearing a blue swimsuit because she knew that if she allows herself to be photographed, Camilla Parker Bowles, do we all know who Camilla Parker Bowles yes, is? Yes, yes. She wouldn't get a look in. She wouldn't even get into onto page 36. They wouldn't even squeeze her out the <laughs> um, And that's the reason she made herself, uh, she did those public appearances. It, sadly, everything ended in tragedy, but to, yeah, they, so they, it was, so was certainly part of it. But I think if I think if they'd had a normal car with a proper proper driver and they'd been wearing seatbelts, I think the whole thing would have ended uh, much more differently than it did. Frankie, what's your take on that? Cause yes, I agree a lot with what you're saying, Frank. But I've been through that tunnel. I was actually there right after it happened, so and I went through that tunnel about 20 times, and my heart just broke. And I thought to myself, if I was driving with a driver that was drunk and full of cocaine, 
the same thing would have happened because, as you said, those photographers were riding on mopeds, flashing bulbs, and all it takes is for a second for your eye to be distracted and you go crashing into one of those pillars. I mean, nobody could foresee that happening, but there were, you know, probably about 20 to 50 photographers chasing the car. And as you said, she had a love-hate relationship with them. She loved them and she hated them. And she knew that she wanted to get in the press. And, you know, why should Camilla take over from her? But uh, I don't think she could see, anyone could foresee such an ugly scene happening. My only question is, until this day, do you know anyone that's left in a scene for an hour and a half that needs to be taken to the emergency clinic. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those tragic things. And of course, people are so quick to blame the paparazzi, but the bottom line is the demand is there for the pictures, and so that's really the public is to blame. Anyway, we got to take a break. This is so exciting, and we will be back with our third installment um, after a word from our sponsor. I'm just going to run and let the painter in. It is, uh... the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sanjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. 
Solutions Communication Intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show welcome back again to pr insider we're sponsored by cision if you missed any of the show so far go to prinsider.biz and it goes right to a link to my host page on voice america business channel and don't forget you can always archive any episode if you just joined us i'm talking with frank griffin of the founder of bauer griffin bauergriffin.com the world's leading paparazzi agency the king of the hollywood Club, as he calls himself, and Miss Frankie Lee, a private exclusive personal manager and a personal friend of mine. Um, so we were just talking about Diana, but I had some uh, a lot of business questions that I got from um, some listeners. Um, one was, how do you get into this line of work, Frank? How do you get into this line of work? A lot of people, I have a phone call a day from people wanting to be photographers and paparazzi. The reality of it is, uh, you learn how to you learn how to use a camera. You learn to be a photographer first, and then you decide whether you want to go into this, this field of photography. The difference between a paparazzi photographer and a hard news photographer isn't great, apart from the fact that the paparazzi usually earns more money. And, t- and the subject matter is sometimes different. The subject, not really, not really. It's just as hard to photograph Idi Amin as it is to photograph Brad Pitt. Sometimes right. you have to go through the same same motions. But the reality of it is, to get into this business, you, be, you become good at what you do, and you're comfortable with the, with the subject matter. If you're fi- photographing wildlife, then you like to be around wildlife, but you have to be first a good photographer and then decide which field you want to go into. Uh-huh. How know? many photographers do you have on, out on the streets? Uh, in Los Angeles, we have around 15, New York 5. Uh, the rest of the world we represent uh, for either the whole world or territories uh, in the world about another 50. Very small numbers. I, th- I thought it was hundreds. Why? So what makes a good what makes a good um, uh, paparazzi photographer? Uh, the ability a good photographer they have to be first and foremost, and I must emphasize this: good photographer they have to know how to use the tools, uh, and they have to be ready to go and um, work the work uh, go the extra mile, travel immediately. I mean, I had guys that had to leave uh, to go to another country. They had two hours last night to leave because I had information on people that were going to travel, and we needed to be there before them so that we could find where. Do they Where need they this, like sort of detective instincts as well? Do they? They have to have some of that, yes. Uh, although, having said that, I've always enjoyed, and Frankie will bear this out, that the team of a photographer and a journalist always worked very well. 
I, I always liked doing that rather than having two photographers or three photographers because they tend they don't. A good journalist, a good reporter, and a good photographer do, uh, are an excellent team. At, at, you, you mean know, out there together? Out there together, yes. Yes, getting the right questions. They complement each other. Right. Uh, the, the reporter gets the story and the photographer gets the picture. And I think it's hard, too, because, um, you know, you need, you're holding the camera, you need to focus on the shot, and then the other person's thinking about what's important about the shot and the questions they might need to ask. Yeah, my argument was always you, never, you can never do two jobs well. You only do two jobs. So do you have teams out there of, of two, a two, two some teams with a journalist and a photographer that work we together? We don't have journalists. We work with journalists occasionally. Um, we, we have uh, all we have to try and second guess. We have to we have to try and find some story content in the uh, in the images, and that's where the journalistic aspect comes in of the of the photographer. They have to think in terms of a story. Pictures that tell a story will be. Ten, if not a hundred times more valuable than just a picture of, uh, of um, Chenet Grimes at the back of a tail, uh, trailer or Paris Hilton crossing the road. If it's Paris Hilton with a new boyfriend sunbathing on a, on a boat in Saint Tropez, it'll make much more money than uh, just a picture of her uh, shopping. Shopping. Yeah. Where Where do you draw the line? And this is like the big question. Where do you draw the line of? And you know the question that I'm about to ask, right? It's probably the question everybody asks you, but. You know, infringing on a celebrity's privacy. What do you feel goes over the line, or is there no line? Or yeah, the line is the law. Okay. We don't break the law, and the law protects celebrities. And even the interpretation of that law is, is quite is quite uh, generous in favour of celebrities. We're not allowed to shoot into private property. Um, in certain countries, you can't show. Uh, children's faces below the age of 18. You can't show people that are under medical supervision. Um, there's a lot. There are a lot of restrictions. There are a lot of restrictions imposed on the celebrity uh, news gatherers that aren't imposed on, on hard news gatherers. I've always found that that's uh, an imbalance that should be addressed. Um, I, I've referred once to Britney Spears being taken away in a, in a gurney. That was filmed by news crews where using those million-dollar cameras attached to the bottom of the helicopter. If a paparazzi had done that, then the whole world would be up in arms. But if, if, uh, if I think it was uh, it was either eleven or nine, they got the shots of her going into a gurney. We're not allowed legally; we can't do that. But they seem to have the right to, or feel as if they have the right to do that. And present so, if if you have a photographer that's out there and he gets that shot, um, are they liable or are you? I mean, I know you're not going to publish it or sell it, but are, who's responsible legally for that photographer being out there doing that? Uh, depends. It depends the circumstances. Uh, I have a set of pictures right now that, that I just can't release because they were shot uh, by the photographer into, into private property. I, the act of doing it can can be construed as I don't know whether it's illegal, but it could be it could be prosecuted for it if those images are then sold or marketed. And does that include um, private schools? Um, yes. Yeah, because anything, I noticed that... anything where there's a reasonable expectation of privacy. Right. Uh, but going to and from school on, on a public ground is, is in certain countries acceptable. Wow. But inside the school it's not. If, it's, if, if you have a reasonable expectation of privacy, you can't shoot, shoot the pictures. And there isn't a market. You can't do it. Okay, so I, I was up at, um, you know, my coffee shop, and, and, and Marky Mark was there. What, what's his name? Not Marky Mark now. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. And he's there, and he's being very gracious. There's a team of about four photographers on him, and he says, guys, I'm going to give you five minutes. And he stops and he, you know, chats with him. So if I had been one of those photographers and he's just getting a Starbucks with a buddy mm -hmm. in his black Hummer or whatever he's gas guzzler he's driving, um, what? Oh, so he drives a Rolls Royce. 
Oh, this was not a Rolls Royce. This was some big gas guzzler thing. Anyway, what? Uh, how much would I get for that picture? Not much. Just Maybe. guess. Give me a guess. I want to know. $175. What? What do you mean, what? I went up to the Glen. I drove. I, ha- I hassled somebody. And I get 175 bucks. That's it? What's the story? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg coffee. That's the reality of it. Let, let's and, and if you're lucky, that, and if, that's if you get one published. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Seventy-five dollars. So I mean, uh, there, there are there's a there's a blog. People blog will uh-huh. pay fifty bucks for a picture. So, so I want to know what is your what is your work day like? This is a question I had from you know somebody. What do you do? You go to the office in the uh, morning. I start off with the radio show. No, I I usually work from home. I have my, I have um, some that I take to school three times a week. So I have to get up at six fifteen to take them to school. I deal a lot with international, the international market, so I, I usually work between midnight and three. Wow. Then I get up at uh, between seven and nine o'clock, depending uh-huh. on whether I take my son to school. I work then in my home office uh-huh. um, and look at emails and what images have come in overnight. Uh, then the middle of the day is fairly quiet. Uh, I, I go to the gym, do, do stuff like that. And then He's I like a normal my... guy. He's a normal guy. I love it. Uh, well, guys, no, we're I've never, never been normal. I mean, we're out of time. We're out of town. Then I go, then I go to the office and I work from uh, about 3 until 9 and go home. Wow, again. and I know Frankie, when she's on the job, um, you know, it's the weirdest hours ever. Mm-hmm. She always has to be on call. Very weird hours. But, uh, but finally, you were talking about the accessibility. There's always a celebrity will do a cartwheel down Sunset Boulevard without any knickers on. Did you know that? Ooh, <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end the show. <laughs> Thank you both for being my wonderfully fabulous guests, and I hope pleasure. you join us again. Thank you, Frankie. Thank mm-hmm. you, Frank. And um, Frankie can be found at f lee f at l e i g h six zero six seven at aol dot com, and Frank Griffin can be found at bowergriffin dot com. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week.